This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. It is Thrive Thursday, and I thought it would be important since we've been talking about power and ownership to have someone who has owned himself for a very long time, and I want him to share his blueprint, his secrets with us. Let me welcome to the show, and I hope he can hear me, the one and only Dame Dash. Welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you very well. How are you? I'm pretty good. I can't complain. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you coveting? Well, I've been coping really well. You know, I've been social distancing for years, probably since about <laughs> 2005. So, you know, my thing was always get residual income and figure out how to get money by the pool. So when this happened, I was relatively prepared, you know. You know, like content is COVID-proof. Ooh. And having the ability to create it in a safe way is also COVID-proof. Content is COVID proof. I'm looking at a wonderful uh, picture of Fred Hampton over your shoulder. Um, he's one of my heroes too. Somebody who did a lot with a little bit of time on this earth. Oh, and I'm inspired. I got a bunch. Oh, okay. I, bunch. I see you. I see. Oh, okay. The whole Black Panther, Huey, and all of Cleveland, well, Eldridge, and all of them. Was, yes. Well, I'm actually proud to say that Jamal Joseph actually made me an honorary Black Panther about ten years ago. You know, so I was pretty close with him. Talk talk about your 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 journey your journey to freedom to ownership. Why why did you know that that was important uh, at a young age? As people are chasing checks, you've always understood that there was something. Uh, th- the checks were important, but checks at any cost were never good. Why did you know that? Well, you know, my life before, you know, being a professional entrepreneur at a legal level, you know, I was a boss, and I've always had the ability to flip to control my own destiny, you know? So when someone that doesn't own anything would try to control my destiny because someone or another company or a fund gave them the power to do so, I wouldn't give them that power. I would never give a nerd my power, you know? So if I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to act a certain way and command a certain respect in another world, I'm coming through demanding even more respect because the world I came from, the recourse of disrespect was death or jail. The recourse of not playing by the rules was death or jail. And coming out of that game, playing with guys that don't play like that, you know, it was just pretty easy. It didn't seem natural to let a nerd tell me what to do. When you say nerd, what's what's the definition of that? Someone that doesn't fight for what they love, someone that's selfish, someone that pretends that there's something they're not, someone that exploits a culture, Someone that acts like a big like a big shot in our culture is not a big shot in their own. Someone that empowers negative stuff within our culture, that's a nerd, a coward. You know, those are nerds. People that pretend they're cooler than they are that really aren't about that action. That's a nerd. That definition, the, those those characteristics seem to be prevalent in hip hop, in recent hip hop, not not original hip hop, not beginnings hip hop, but let's say nineties, two thousands hip hop. Well, when money, when it became profitable, you know, the thing about urban culture is everybody wants it and they try to control the narrative as if they should own it and distribute it back to us. And that just never made logical sense to me. You know, I've always been the plug, so I can't ever, I just can't pass that over. And I never understood why us as strong people who would be easy, like real quick to fight each other fearlessly would never fight them. So that's another reason why I started calling white people out by name. 
because nobody else in my culture, at least in my business, would do that. And I didn't understand why, but they were just so quick to fight me over nothing. So I know we're programmed to fight each other instead of our oppressor, and I know our oppressor are the ones that have the DNA of that programming. So knowing it, I'm not going to become a victim of it. I'm going to reverse the narrative. My energy is always stronger than yours. Love is always stronger than hate. Just love has to know it. Why is it that that's not prevalent? You know, as you as you're talking, I'm thinking about how many people have sold themselves, sold out the culture, sold themselves cheaply, you know, and we sit here right now. And I've, I've been talking about us having all of the things that we need to to win, like it's inherent in us. If we just wake up and go, oh, OK, we don't need anything. OK, we got all of the skills and the talents and the work ethic and the work, period. Why isn't that the, you know, and, it, and it's easy to talk about indoctrination, right? It's easy to talk about, well, 400 years they've been telling us this story. No, no, the thing is, the day you're born, you're already calling or thinking that you're number two by calling the name Jesus out when that's the white man's European translation of it. The translation is Yahshua, and it all happened in Africa. So the minute we're born, we see a white Jesus. And we're programmed to believe that white ice is colder and that we need that for validation. And that's called programming. If the second you're born, you're told that your whole life, your challenge is to break the programming based on logic. That's all. This is all programming. The television, the things that are presented to us, it's a pattern. And the reason why, like even look at the school system. You're programmed to believe that you're supposed to to, to, to give your children away to a stranger, someone that's probably hasn't done. I know none of the, my, my kids' teachers have done anything near what I've done. And someone that's not rich to teach you how to be rich, you have to sit behind a desk during the day when the sun is out and program yourself that you're not successful unless you pay again to go to another school that doesn't teach you anything about really how to survive in the real world other than to have a job. And then when you get out of that, you get debt for it, and you have to work that debt off. Basically, you're always in a position of distress you're always backpedaling and you're always hustling to pay off something that didn't help you in the first place. And now you're an adult sitting behind the desk. And the only time you see your children is at night when you tie it. The only time they see you is when you tie it. The education that's taught to us is like, yo, unless you have a nine to five, you, unless you, if you have a nine to five, unless you become an athlete, you will never break the social class. And then they provide that distraction for you. No one is lotto. So, and they don't teach you how to, to vote. They don't teach you how to pass a law. They don't teach you how to farm. They don't teach you how to be an entrepreneur. They don't teach you how to pay taxes. They don't teach you any of the fundamentals that you need to be an independent and own anything. So basically, you're programmed into thinking being a slave is normal, and then you wonder why 99% of the world has to take pills because they're depressed, because you're hustling for a dream that does not exist. That's called programming. So we're also programmed to think that the only person or the only people that can take us out of a social class is another culture, and that we just need to protect them like they're the plug. Even though they're physically weaker, they cannot dance, they cannot do anything we can do better at all. But still, and yet, they control the narrative. That's because brain has to control muscle. We have to realize we're muscle and brain. And that's a good strategy. I'm not mad at them doing it that way. But now that you're aware, you have to... Take accountability. Make yourself uncomfortable and understand the break of pattern means you do something different. You have to be uncomfortable to be great. 
And the only thing that will make you great is your children don't have the same problems as you. That's the only thing that can make me think you're great. The only way you're great is if you're hustling for a bigger cause, love, so other people don't have to struggle. And understand that anything that's happened to you is so no one else you love has to go through it. But if you don't learn from it, then it's all in vain. But relatively speaking, you know, this mentality, it hasn't been so long. Because, you know, you look at the Great Wall of China, that took 2,000 years to build a wall by slaves for enemies that don't really exist that never came. That's 20 generations of programming. Programming is the way you control people. But now, as human beings that evolved, we're aware of the programming in this generation is not having it. And I've been setting that blueprint, leading by example, for the last three decades, period. Since I'm 20, I'm pushing 50. Same message, but the, the way people are receiving it is now different. So, yeah, on a therapeutic level, unless you recognize your trauma, you don't know your problem. But the trauma of racism and the trauma of thinking that you have to compromise to get out of a social class to take care of your family and you don't recognize it, you can't fix it. The trauma of seeing a bullet go in. Like, I remember as a 16-year-old being used to seeing people get shot. So see somebody get his head twisted off and go to school like nothing happened. Now, in the moment, I didn't recognize that as trauma, but that's trauma. So we also have to recognize we need some healing and be strong enough to take care of the things that make us weak, you know? So, yeah, sometimes I talk. Some people get it because they have a general mentality. Some people don't because they have a soldier mentality. You know, master speaks a different language than slave. You understand? Fear speaks a different language than courage. But if you notice, the only reason why people don't do something is because of fear. And fear has always been implemented as a tool for you not to be free. So the thing you have to understand is you have no fear because we all going to die. It's a matter of time. It's all part of the game. But in between that time you die, you got to live life to the fullest with no fear, especially fear of winning, fear of investing in yourself. Because you can't be fear of being broke. You already broke. Dame Dash is in the building, y'all. 866-801-8255. Your biggest disappointment. I know for me, uh, it's trying to help people or give people information and then they don't follow up or they, you know, betray you. That's the hardest thing to swallow. But, you know, I've learned, I'm learning to, to deal with that too. What, what's your well, biggest what you disappointment? What you have to look at it is I have no real disappointments because of where my life is today. You know, I wish people could evolve faster, but if I give them information and they don't take it, I've done my job. Karmically, I'm good, and now I don't get the fuck away from you because I ain't going to catch the buckshot of your cum. So mm. what you got to learn is to detach. When people ain't ready, don't judge them. Don't, because why would you do something wrong when you could do something right? It must be because you're scared. But the thing is, what you're scared of, I don't care. Unless we family, unless I really love you, you in my rear view. You know, I'm, I don't have so much faith in people to do the right thing. I actually expect them to do the wrong thing, but I've been in business 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. You know what I mean? I've been hustling since I'm 16. And in every business, it brings out a really different animal in people where they get into the self-preservation mode. In different countries, it's an honorable thing to rob your friend if he lets you. You know, it just depends on the environment you're, you're born into. So if you're born into an environment where you're taught to lie, and then you come across someone that's born into an environment that's taught to tell the truth, the way y'all deal with things fundamentally will be different. The things that bother you will not bother that person. 
So when someone robs you and you're bothered, they're not even bothered. So why dumb yourself down and let their energy take over yours? My energy always takes over your energy. I stay happy or I punch you in your mouth. <laughs> and then I'm happy. Then I'm happy. Uh, the <laughs> impact, um, you talk about hustling since you were 15. You lost your mom around that time to an asthma attack. What impact, how did that shift or change your, your, your vision or your focus? It made me fearless. That was my worst nightmare. And I dealt with it, and I was all right. So from then on, I was a beast and an animal. I'm not scared of nothing because at the end of the day, I was like, the worst that could happen is I see my moms. So it didn't bother me. I became really more of an animal when I leave that because savagely I can survive. I can adjust and still be happy. I know I can deal with anything, and I have, and I also know the reason why things happen to me so I can teach others how to deal with it that aren't as strong as me. But, you know, you're not a warrior unless you go through a fight. So I've been through a lot, and that's why I'm confident in what I say, because it's based on natural experience and things I've done. So when you face your fears when you're young and when you deal with things that, you, that really hurt when you're young, you tend to appreciate life. So unless somebody's dying or sick or going to jail, I'm usually not scared or I don't feel away because anything that's wrong could be made right as long as I'm breathing. But as long as I have health, I appreciate every second because that's real. And love, that's the wealth. None of this other shit really matters. I'm glad you brought up Aaliyah. I, I never had the opportunity to meet her. I did get to spend some time with her mom. We were working on a book project and her brother and the tremendous impact that this young lady had in a short span of time on so many people. And you brought her up as one of those pivotal people in your life having lost. What was that magic? What was that love story? Because at the time, I don't think we knew that you and Aaliyah, you know, I mean, the whispers and, and shades of things, but the depth of that. What was that? We just connected on a, a very spiritual level. You know, we just saw things the same. And she was a breath of fresh air because I didn't think that kind of individual even existed on this planet that saw things like me. So, you know, us falling in love wasn't even on purpose. We just was kicking it. And it was like I wasn't really trying to fall in love with a singer or, you know, <laughs> they they on the road all the time. It just when you fall, it's, it's really not on purpose. But, you know, she became, like, my best friend very, very quickly just from hanging out, you know. What was, was it about her? Because Missy talks anyway. about it. I mean, what was it about Aaliyah? She had that thing, man. Like, she just was clear. You know, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people, but in, you know, specifically women have to, it's very challenging to me to be a woman because they don't have the muscle because there's no testosterone to hit, punch their way out of, out of the room. They have to use their brain all the time. And because of that, there's a lot of defense mechanisms that really make it kind of hard sometimes to communicate with women or understand what, what, what the traumas are and how to help. And despite any trauma she had, she was so clear, you know, so funny, appreciate, appreciated life. And, like, I'm a guy that goes through life. I'm from Harlem, so I think everybody's corny. I'm always laughing at people. And she just understood my humor. You know, like I, I say jokes just to entertain myself because most people don't get them. And she used to get them. She saw the subtleties in my jokes and she appreciated my brain and anyone else that was smart. But at the end of the day, you know, Aaliyah was and still is, you know, by far the coolest girl that ever touched this earth. And the coolest girl in the world thought that I was the coolest guy in the world. So that also gave me supreme confidence. You know, I'm the only guy y'all know that she was ever in love with. All right. 
866-801-8255. I wanted to have this conversation with you because I want to start having conversations with people who have who have gone to the other side of freedom. And I think it's important that we kind of, you know, understand that there are many different paths to get there and the blueprints, uh, you know, someone can glean something out of something that we're talking about today that can free them. And I think that's super important. That's what this platform is for. So I want to thank you for for showing up. But I want this to be the beginning of something. And, um, you know, as I've been watching you over the years and I had an opportunity to talk with you like 20 years ago, you you have gone through a lot in those 20 years uh come out on the other side of it and i'm watching you um and i like what i see i like i like who you are 866-801-8255 will you take some calls dame dash sure. is here all right let's uh head over to georgia and welcome in charles what's good damon d what's happening bro all right bro uh miss karen we need uh we need more men like damon uh i certainly appreciate that he is not a shallow person, and uh, he has given some things that the world and the media tried to exploit for obvious reasons, but he's a powerful man. I've always respected him from a periphery. So, Damon, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Number one, and I know with respect to the culture that is a New York culture, and you said something that a lot of people don't get. I'm always telling people, stop. You know what I'm saying? Stop Stop just fretting yourself over how individuals conduct themselves, immoral, moral, or amoral. Understand that and accept it. What can you tell us, New Yorker to New Yorker, your periphery, your perspective of a man like Donald Trump and why we shouldn't upset ourselves over this type of a man? When you look at him, Help us understand outside of the New York attitude what we're looking at when we see a man like that. Donald Trump has been the best thing for us. And the reason why is he's brought so much awareness and accountability to the things that no one was saying anything about. So he became a symbol of everything that needs to be changed, and we're not having it. He's pushed the issue. He's actually made it like they would. I don't think there would be a Me Too movement if it wasn't for Donald Trump. I don't think Harvey Weinstein would be in jail if it wasn't for Donald Trump. I don't think there would be people realizing that, yo, no matter what, there's always going to be racists in the world, and we can't depend on them to help us. You know, the, the thing, I, I think that accountability, he brought, he made everything that was wrong with America hot, and now we like, we got to deal with it. He made it where if we don't deal with it, we are truly sucking. And there has actually been change for the better from what I see. And to take a block that somebody bad is taking, it's going to be some rough stuff for a second. But there's always war before peace when, they, when you need positive change. So there's just a different kind of war. This war now is our economic independence and knowing we got to do it on our own. We need to have our own television network, which is why I started my own. We need to make our own content. We can't be happy when they say, yo, we're going to let y'all make a movie so we can make money off it. Nah, we got to make our own movies, you know. We have to make sure that, you know, getting money is contagious. So if you notice, anyone that came up under me, usually if they're a real student of mine, you end up reading the bottom in Forbes with a B next to their name. Whether it's real or not, that's the conversation, you know. It's about showing what it's supposed to look like when we got the wheel. So, you know, basically... If anybody's negative, again, look at the dark. Or when it's dark, you got to find the light in the dark. 
when somebody's negative and you can recognize it, it's usually because you can recognize that trait in yourself. It might have happened at one point, and then you know how dumb it looks, and you know not to do it. So when I see somebody that I find silly, I just say, I hope I don't do nothing that person's doing. I check them. If I say, damn, I'm doing anything near that, then I ain't doing it. Or I got to do it different. So I learned from a guy like that. Yeah, but Trump's president, and 190,000 people are dead uh, because of his admitted inaction and and downplaying COVID-19. Uh, he could get reelected. You know, what does that mean for the state get, of this he can't country? Get, he can't get reelected. You know what's going to happen? We're going to have a black woman president because of that. Because she's going to run the she going to run the show. Well, that's some why. of your some of your I actually uh, I I could see that I could see a version of the truth happening that's, that's that way. What, that's what if if it wasn't she wouldn't be there if it wasn't for him. Like I said, you got to always find the light in the dark. Period. I don't dwell on the dark. I only dwell on the light. So if he making me mad about something, I'm fixing it. I'm not going to talk about it. So I like the fixing it part. That's what I'm liking. I'm liking that whatever's happening, we're working towards fixing it. And that's what All I'm right. finding positive. What about folks like Ice Cube talking about withholding the vote, Kanye running for president, stealing, you know, not stealing, but, taking uh, away? Kanye, first of all, ain't nobody that was going to vote for Biden going to vote for Kanye. Most Anyone that would ever vote for Kanye would probably be a person that never voted before, right? So, you know, that shit is a distraction. If you choose to be distracted by it, that's on you. But, you know, let that man do what that man want to do. He can't hurt none. He can't, he, only person he can hurt is himself. 866-801-8255. You brought up Me Too. You've had an ac- accusation, a lawsuit or something. Um, and I'm yeah, glad I, you... I had a, I had a, I had a super Karen. I, I caught a white woman. Oh, don't don't, don't, don't use my name in vain, page. Dame Dash. Call her Becky. Uh, but you know what it is. They, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, but they call that Karen. Like, you know, that, I know that's what that they call it. But on this show, we not calling right. it that. All right. Well, whatever it is, bottom line is for me to explain it, I wanted to be relatable. So bottom line, I caught somebody stealing on tape, a black lawyer who was trying to, because he got his name is Chris Brown, got four or five different cases against him because he got an $80,000 tax when he's making shit up. And because I caught her on tape tall, you're trying to give me a lawsuit, so $5,000 worth of stuff. And he takes the case and he does it in New York, even though this shit happened in L.A. And they kicked the shit out, you know. But, yeah, you know, what happens is when you catch a person doing something bad, they always start making up shit about you. I'm used to that because I'm always doing – I'm not – you know what I mean? But I do think that this shit happens a lot with anyone that is abusing a woman. They better get they, – they definitely need to get regulated and checked. So I appreciate the Me Too movement because I've definitely seen a lot of women get treated poorly by a lot of people. And I'd be like, yo, and I'd check them, these people. And be like, yo, bro, especially, you know, what type of shit, what type of time you want? But they'd get away with it and everyone would still work with these people, people that everyone respects right now. And I'd, I would be the guy to be like, yo, I'm not working with this person 10 years ago. And my own culture would be like, oh, he fucked the plug up. You know what I mean? You know, ask Wood Harris about that. Mm. You, you know what I mean? When I was barking on Harvey Weinstein, he's like, oh, you messed up the plug, man. Are you fucking? How are you going to call somebody that's abusing people the plug? He ain't my plug. I'm his plug. He's my little man. I'll never be a, 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 a nerd's little man in my life. Joseph, I don't care how much bread they got. Joseph and Callie, welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Like, I ain't... Oh, hey, how you guys? Wait, hold on, hold on, Joseph. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Joseph. Hold on. Go ahead, Danny. Like, I didn't start screaming on other people, certain people when everybody else started to. I did it on my own. I did it 10 years before. I've been screaming on Leo Cohen. I've been screaming on Harvey Weinstein. I've been screaming on Charlie Watt. I've been screaming on E1. I'm, I've been screaming on them. 
You know what I mean? I've been regulating them when they disrespect our culture. I don't do it when a gang does. I do it on my own when my own culture tells me I'm messing up the plug. I'm out. You call that the plug? Watch what I do to your plug. Just that he ain't the plug he saw. That's what I do. I bench Leo. He's not even in music no more. Joseph and Cali. He's drinking his water. Wow. Hey, Joseph. Wow. <laughs> Boy, they, Damon, Damon is dropping dimes. <laughs> Hey man, no, uh, Karen. Yeah, I um, you said something, brother, that really took me back to to my, I, I guess I'll call it my awakening moment. Um, it happened on a cold night in Indianapolis when I was working one of the worst jobs I ever had, and that was being a a a, a um, package handler for FedEx. And while I'm out there freezing my ass up with all the other African Americans like myself, the white people wasn't freezing. They was coming to work with, with uh, shorts on. When it's sub-zero temperatures outside, um, yeah. So, so the, the then CEO uh, happened to come up and he's talking to my then boss. They were like not even an earshot away, and I, I remember my boss saying, "Well, what, what you about to do?" And he said, "Well, you know, me and the wife and kids, we're gonna take a a trip down to Aruba. We'll stay down there for a little while." Now, the thing that got me was this man was about to get on a private jet with his wife and kids, going down to Aruba on a Tuesday, and the kicker was he didn't say he was going for a, a couple of days, a weekend, a week, or a month. He said for a little while, and that registered to me as he was going to stay down there until he was until he felt like it was time to come back. And so, you know, with, with that whole thing, what you said about the programming, like we programmed to get a job and <clears throat> all that, that so-called American dream, that was my eye-opening uh, experience because I realized right then the people who are truly free in this world, they go to bed when they want to go to bed. They get out of bed when they want to get out of bed, and they don't have to exactly. worry about their finances whether they decide to get out of bed or not. You know, And so, yeah, what you said was a word. I, I really hope the religious faction out there that's hearing this and probably got upset with you know what you were saying about the church, I hope they receive what you're saying because you speak in 100 fire, brother. Uh, Karen, as always, love you, my queen. You always have fire on the show, and uh, I'm just kick back and, and and take some more of this uh, spiritual knowledge you guys are putting out. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, bro. Let's go to the. But he's he's dead, he dead right. The true Listen. freedom is waking up and going to bed and moving around, and that's exactly how my life is architected. That's true, priceless. That's what. Do you remember the day that I'm, you woke I'm up at home and you right were now. free? I know I see you. Oh, you smoking up. I, I hope you're in a, a legal state. <laughs> I'm in California and I have yeah. a, a license to smoke. Everything's legal. I do. They look at you know they watch me like and everything I do. I is, know that's true. I don't play no games. That's all. I'm just I'm I'm putting it out. I, there. I'm putting, I appreciate that. Well, I guess if it wasn't, you would have made me hide this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you know? Right. Do you remember the I day you woke up and you're like I've been I've not. I've never not been free. Oh no, your 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 you drop. You just drop. Your call drop. Your call drop. Dame Dash is back. You were saying, sir. <laughs> now he's checking his email. All right, hey, hey, hey. You were doing right. a commercial. I was. I was. That's how I. That's the only way I get paid here. And let me thank the audience for supporting because I I, I own my show. I own my show, and the the people support. The, you see what I'm saying? Taurus. No, All man. right. <laughs> let's go. Let's go to South Carolina. Welcome in Anthony. Hey, I'm so like Dave. How you doing? 
I'm good, man. I'm good, bro. How you doing? I'm all right. Um, quick question. I live in South Carolina, but I'm from Harlem. And um, right. I, I want to make sure that that um, as celebrities become more politically active, that we also mentioned down ballot candidates. You know, being from Harlem, I was also involved with the Chamber of Commerce in Harlem, and they sold Harlem. <laughs> you know, so do you see um, stars or celebrities? Supporting being really politically active, supporting down ballot uh, candidates. Uh, I'll take the I'll take the answer offline. Okay. Yeah, I I doubt it. You know, I I, I think that you know what a celebrity should do is leverage the celebrity to get laws passed to lobby to make these agendas famous. You know, and make that the new cool. But you know, a lot of times celebrities aren't even taught, and what they have to do as celebrities is they have to do what they can do to stay. Sometimes they're not allowed to have any kind of a stance because of fear of being fired, you know. And, and that's, again, when you're not free, you can't always say and do and support who you want. But I just don't think most celebrities are that savvy about politics, period. Yeah, that's think, what I was going to say. You know, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't think most celebrities understand, like, real issues. Like, a real-time issue right now is school and how these kids are going to get educate, educated from home and sending these principals into schools and kids to schools knowing that they're probably going to get COVID. And, you know, what, what is a parent going to do when they can't go to work because they got to watch their child while they're in school learning education that's not going to help them? And that's an immediate issue that needs to be dealt with. And that's why I talked to the OSG. You know, I have the OSG network. It's 90 principals across the, the, the world, and we really black principals and that are really fighting for other people's children, risking their lives daily. And that's an issue nobody's talking about, and, and we've been speaking on it since the beginning of COVID. Homeschool don't work, and a lot of kids like to leave home because it's traumatizing a home to go to school. What, what are we going to do? What you are know? we going to do? I don't hear I don't hear. I, I mean, I know what I'm going to do. I know, like, I'm starting to um, renovate certain schools through the OSG and build out what I think would be better for a child to learn. Like learn how to make some content, learn how to program or do code, learn how to really be an entrepreneur. You know, there's principals like Principal Akbar in Newark and Westside High that are yes. really doing things, putting gardens and all that, you know, making it better for these kids. And as a result, their grades are better. Crime goes down. Instead of having them go to a club, they come to the school on a Friday. Like why not make school fun? Why make it feel like jail? Like, I notice when I go to court, it feels the same way a school hallway feels. Same bricks, same everything. Why does court look like jail? I mean, why does school look like jail? Why does court look like school? Just preparing you for that? It doesn't have to be like that. Why wouldn't they build out a school where it's pleasant? Like how a Google campus or something. You know, why we can't learn on water? You know, well, I don't understand why I ain't teaching nobody how to farm. Come on, come on. So how can we help you do this to get this, to magnify this message, not just talk about it on these airwaves as well? Because I know you're rolling up your sleeves because I know you. How can we, how can we well, magnify this message? I think that should be the topic of conversation. Like my, my network, Dame Dash Studios, you know, we have to have our own place to have our own news so that we can make who we want celebrities. The last time I was physically at the Black Caucus, the only black um, congressmen that got applause were ones that Donald Trump yelled at. Mm. 
CNN and and Fox, they only highlight us when someone's persecuting us. But there's guys like Andre Carson, Senator mm-hmm. Congressman, and Senator Eddie Milton that are running around front line getting laws passed, like literally talking to 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 to, to the Congressman. He's like, man, I just went hard to get everybody that that money, and Trump put his name on the check, the Trump check, and I got the bill passed. But we don't never celebrate when one of us get a bill passed. You know? We only celebrate him when he dies. Mm. Dame Dash, will you come back? I want to keep uh, having this conversation. I want to follow up on the school thing because I think that is going to be well, great. you have to come to my network, too. I'll, I'll definitely to to me invite network. me. I'm, I'm there. I'll come to your network anytime. You're invited. Come do some television show. I got all the okay. cameras. I own everything. I got all a right. facility. I got all the cameras. I got everything. You know, I'm shooting. I just shot a movie in Wyoming, three, and I'm about to start a zombie movie now. So in COVID, I shot like five movies safe. Dame Dash Studios, damedashstudios.com. Check it out. Uh, there apparently is going to be a Karen Hunter show, uh, TV show on, on there. We're going to talk right about Mike. I'm not you want to do it? You. I'm, yeah, you want to do it? I'll give, I can. I, I, you know, because I don't be here all the time. You know, I might go to Wyoming for a little while. You know, I don't know when I'm coming back. So okay. <laughs> I might go to Hawaii for a little while. But it, the, 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 it's right, like right now, nobody's in. Because I go there, I, you know, I'm working from home right now. Let's talk off Wifey, my... Wifey's seven, seven and a half, half months pregnant. Oh, God bless. Congratulations. Uh, I've been wanting to talk with doctor you. doctor right now. Are you? Everything's yeah. good? Everything's good. Perfect. Check up. I just, you know, I got to sit in the car. It's COVID. So I'd be in the car just waiting to make sure everything's all right. You know, we had an unfortunate time. This, this time last year, we lost a baby that was seven months pregnant. So we, had, we went to Hawaii and came back and, you know, got right back on to lead by example. Because, you know, this kind of thing happens to a lot of people. But we don't let that kind of thing define us. So it's in our rear view. And now we're appreciative of where we're at in this moment a year later stronger and also strong enough to help other people. You know what I'm saying? You know? So well, we didn't sit there. Ooh, she looked good as a mother. Come here, come here. <laughs> that's your that's your wife. Okay. But he's your brother. Yeah, she's fast too, by the way. Don't say she's wife. Good. All right. I see. Hey mama. Ah, do we know this, the gender and no gender reveals with pyrotechnics. Do we know the gender? Yeah, I'll let y'all know I we, we, we ain't go you know we'll let, I'll keep that one a surprise. Okay. But all right. You know, she she also has her own television shows, Health as Well. She has yoga shows. She's the creative director of the magazine. She's my partner. Everything we do, clothes. But she, everybody around me got their own. Everybody got to have a TV show and a movie. Stars in all Come the on. movies. That's how we do. Yoga. That's how we do. That is how we do. All right, you're going to come back before the baby is born. You're going to re- reveal the gender, and we're going to keep having this conversation and talk about TV shows and other things. Dame Dash, and, don't be and, a stranger. And you're going to come back. You're going to come back. I'll be back. I'll be back. I ain't going come nowhere. Over. Come Dame on Dash, over. Come I'm on over. I'm not going in. I'm, I'm here. Dame I'm Dash, I'm here. I'm here.